Bush and Ridgie here with another edition of your daily takeaway. Sit back, relax and enjoy. We're talking about urinals in a minute. <laughs> the Daily Takeaway. Bush and Ridgie's Daily Takeaway. Missing you in the studio again. I'm still here at home. Uh, my mission this morning was to go around the four pharmacies uh, here in uh, my hometown of Ware and try and find some calamine lotion. Oh, my word. Uh, <laughs> Oh don't don't sit there at home and try and self-diagnose what's going on with me. It wasn't for me. But I, t- <laughs> I tell you, I tell you something. I tell you something. I think a pharmacist is one of the most mysterious jobs there is. Seriously, Bush, I, I know there's like loads of like jobs that you're like, wow, I wonder what they do, what what happens. But the pharmacy, right? You've got that front counter. Then there's always a step up to the higher level, and all you can see is the pharmacist's head. Yeah. Okay, and sometimes the person behind the counter will shout up to them and go, "Do we have any X, Y, Zs?" And they might shout from the distance, but they never really want to come down from their upper platform. What is going on up there? I went in four different pharmacies this morning and they're all the same. They've all got that upper level. They've all got the distant pharmacist who wants to keep themselves from everyone else. What is going on? It's the most mysterious job. They, they have as well, because uh, obviously I've done the same thing where you're like, uh, weirdly, I was waiting to buy some fishermen's friends uh, in our local oh, yeah. pharmacies because it's the only place that can, that, 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 that's essentially my local dealer of fishermen's friends, the only place I can get them. And I, I was looking back through that little hatch. They've got like a serving hatch, haven't they? That The other ones, yeah. the yeah. people who are down the front, the foot soldiers not allowed in because they don't have the right coat to go to the back bit where the That's other it. pharmacists are. And they've got this amazing, um, it's like a movable uh, like wardrobe cabinet thing. So imagine normal like shelves, but what you do is you pull the shelf down and then yeah. there's more shelves that are in like a rotation. That's it's it. like a, is it a dumb waiter that you might get in a restaurant? They've got one of them. It's mysterious. Yeah. It is one of the most mysterious jobs. Pilots, that's another one. I understand why with security and that, but you very rarely see behind that cockpit door. What's going on in there? Are they busy? I know there's lots of buttons and lights, but once you're up in the air, what are they doing? They never open that door. It's a mysterious job. Joe, obviously I agree with you on this, the, the pilot thing is weird. I tell you what I find more weird than like normal pilots is co-pilots. So, because <laughs> you're like, you know, you have to sit next to the person who's flying it. You're not allowed to have a go. Unless, yep. someone, unless someone goes wrong or they want to have a sleep or something. And they must be for ages, so, you know, if the other pilot gets up and says, oh, I'm just going to go and stretch my legs or have a coffee. If you're the co-pilot, you must be forever thinking, oh, go on, just let me go, can I just do this turn? And they'll be like, no, I'm the pilot, it's my turn to do it. And how does that work? That's, that's another question. If, you, if you're a co-pilot, right, is it like, you know, when you get three people in a white van and then yep. one's always sat in the middle and it looks awful and he can't lean against the, the, the window and have a sleep, like if you've got builders... Do they take turns being pilot and co-pilot? So many questions, I've got no idea. You know, like the person in the middle might get to go by the window on certain trips into work every other Wednesday or something. Uh, this tweet here says second-hand booksellers with half-moon glasses and dust all over them. Something going on with them. And jewellers. There's always a sense of intrigue going on. What is happening behind the scenes with the jeweller? What are they suggesting there? As if sort of like, you know, they're, they're undervaluing or, or overvaluing certain things as if it's some kind of jewellery racket. Would you know what? I think I'd love, to, I'd love to work anywhere where you've got a safe. You ever worked anywhere with yeah. a safe? Nope. Never, I've never worked anywhere with a safe in my entire life, so I'd love to go back there and have the code and all that kind of stuff and, and do the bit where you've got the bit in your eye. Oh, that'd be so good. 
Gav is in Reading, says, uh, just to let you know, chaps, the step in a pharmacy is due to a 1953 city case, Boots versus the Pharmaceutical Society of Great Britain. I wonder what that's all about. It's just the mystery deepens, and we still haven't had exactly. the answer on the whole flying thing yet with, uh, you know, pilots and co-pilots, who's doing what. Uh, Tasha says, what about the wee man at Timpson's? Uh, never there when you go in. He's always magically appearing from the back. What's at the back of Timpson's, she asks. All the wee men at Timpson's look the same. Is there a portal back there between all the stores? Who knows? Uh, Daz actually thinks he can help us out oh. on the co-pilot debate. What intel have you got, Daz? It's just what I've learned from watching stuff on TV, really. It's the co-pilot that does most of the flying. And then unless he gets into any trouble, then the pilot's the one that gives the instructions out. Wow. You're, 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 you're basing that on TV? Pretty much the um, <laughs> the crash investigation programs that you get on Discovery. Brilliant. I normally avoid them like the plague. It doesn't really help my whole fear of flying thing. So are you saying, no, right, are you saying that the, so the, the pilot, what, does the takeoff and then we'll go and have a kip and it's the co-pilot who doesn't get any of the uh, credit at all because people think they're just eating a crass on waiting to see if anything happens. But they're doing the bulk of the flying. Well, I don't know about going for a kip, but it would be pretty legendary if you did. Okay, well, this is unbelievable. It is more mysterious than we thought because there's so many yes. competing narratives here with, with what goes on in the cockpit. <laughs> no, well, so as far as I know, yeah, he's the co-pilot, yeah. Brilliant. From we, Discovery TV. From Discovery TV. And, and uh, Gav, um, Daz, can we ask what you do as your job? Uh, lorry driver. Is there any mystery, mystery about lorry driving, anything that's kind of uh, shrouded in mystery? What do you guys get up to in those laybys, I imagine, with the back doors open? <laughs> I think you're thinking of the wrong laybys there. Uh, it's your services that I'm pulling to. <laughs> no, that is a serious question. Why do you guys pull over and open the back doors? Why does the back door have to be open? Oh, there, yeah, yeah, that, that, that one's just to show people there's nothing in the back so that they don't open the curtains or try and break the doors when there's oh. nothing in there to nick. Oh, right, but what if you have got something in there but you want to have a sleep? What do you do then? Paint, like, Wiley Coyote, paint a tunnel that looks like <laughs> there's nothing in it. <laughs> oh. He's had enough of this conversation and I don't blame him. Further intel now from Kat, who's texted 8.12.15 about the co-pilot's bush. Uh, she says, I'm a former flight attendant for United Airlines. Ooh. Captain and first officers take turns of legs of flights. Take off and landing, critical phase of flight, sterile cockpit, no one enters during the flight. Uh, typically, one watches the gauges and talks to air traffic control in each city. The other... Might be reading or eating, and the plane pretty much flies itself. Wow, well, there you go. I feel like it's been a joy of discovery, a voyage of discovery, this show uh, tonight. Uh, Dave has made a really good point about um, a mysterious job, uh, and I would agree with this. Anyone's got a key that no one else has access to, to get access <laughs> to an area of somewhere else, then they, they could be considered to be mysterious. He says, maintenance blokes at hospitals that use a key in the lift to go higher than the top floor. What's up there? <laughs> Why hasn't it got a floor number? Why can't the rest of us go up there? Why, why, why? It's a mystery. I've got my eyes on you, pharmacist. What's going on behind that mysterious counter? Up your little step there. Ooh, where uh, are you Willie going with that says, for a second? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Willie says, civil servants. Who do they actually serve? And why do they always say, I'm a civil servant, but I can't tell you what I do whenever they're on pointless? That's a very good point. Very good point. Uh, we've got a tower crane operator here. Uh, Jason says, uh, we do a mysterious job. I always think as well, what goes on in that little cabin of the crane probably has to stay in that little cabin 
cabin of the crane, but I think it probably ends up coming back down again in a bottle. I don't want to think about it. <laughs> um, this is about to get awkward. Uh, I, I think Mike's calling us out. What's your problem, Mike? We, uh, we as uh, listeners, listen to your, uh, your entertaining conversation, which, <laughs> however, it's only for short spells, and you put music on, you put adverts on. What, what do you do during, uh, during that time? We, we have no idea. <laughs> I I don't know about you, Bush. I'm willing to put all this to bed by doing a three-hour speech show if the boss was up for it. Can you imagine that? Imagine just how bad that would be, dealing with the issues of the day without the safety of a song. I'll tell you what we do, Mike, right? First of all, all, thanks for your diplomatic use of entertaining chat, in inverted commas, (laughs) that you say that we do. Secondly... A lot of it is trying to find uh, famous goals or famous sendings off in football matches on YouTube and then showing them to each other. That's 90% of what we do when the songs are on, I think. Fair enough, fair enough. (laughs) He's not lying, I promise you. That's it. No, I I don't blame you. Are you starting, Mike? Are you starting on us? (laughs) (laughs) Not at all. Not at all, fellas. Well, listen, if you're driving, you turn your car around, you get yourself down to Golden Square, and then you have to pick me up and go wherever the Richie is, and then we'll have a big fight together and we'll sort this out once and for all. Um, I'll, I'll pass on that. Thanks. OK, fair enough. Here, Mike, here, Mike. Look, we need to, we need something to do during the next song, so you tell us a goal to look up on YouTube and then we'll let you go. I don't know. Um, what about Everton highlights, if there is any? All right, sunshine. <laughs> all right, sunshine. <laughs> All right, I'm just writing down Mike's number and we'll sort out after the show. All right, Mike, have a great day. <laughs> Bye. Yeah, Bush, just as an aside, uh, we've discussed a lot about the uh, the mystery uh, of uh, the world of, of pharmacists and mysterious jobs. Um, it was weird going around four different pharmacies earlier on this morning. I was looking for calamine lotion and four different pharmacies say to me, I'm sorry we're out of that at the moment. And maybe it's just like going back, uh, you know, a, a few months when we had that drama for a couple of weeks about uh, fuel here in the UK. But it did make me think, cool, I wonder whether they're trying to suppress the news that there is a, a calamine lotion shortage here in the UK at the moment. Imagine that those strange little milky bottles of stuff that the smell of it reminds you of dinner ladies <laughs> and being off school. Yeah, the, the crisis of 2022 where no one in the UK could put ocean... Where no one in the UK could put lotion on sunburn, insect bites, and uh, other mild skin conditions. Maybe this, maybe there's other things. Maybe that you know, maybe the pharmacist thing. That's why they're all talking in hushed tones out the back, like you were saying earlier on. Maybe the, the calamine lotion stuff's gone, right? You can't, they can't get hold of that for love nor money. Maybe there's there's a real shortage as well of those little tiny sweets that are made of like strawberries <laughs> with like jam and like sugar on the back of them that you get for your throat. Or tins, tins of old-fashioned 1800 mints. They can't get hold of them for love nor money as well, and they're just trying to not get anyone panicking, do you know what I mean? I reckon right now the Department of Health have called a Cobra meeting uh, saying that Bush and Ritchie's daily takeaway of Rumbledus, we've tried to suppress this for months now, but it's gone public. They know about the shortage of calamine. Wait till they find out about the absolute lack of risk supports.
<laughs> Skin toned wrist supports. This is Bush and Rich's Daily Takeaway. Never thought I'd be saying this on our show, but Adrian Childs, I absolutely love you. Let me explain. <laughs> Do you ever read something sometimes and you think, oh, yes, that person is putting into words exactly how I feel, but saying it way better than I ever could? Uh, TV star Adrian Childs has admitted in an article today that he has, wait for it, a urinal in his flat. It's groundbreaking. What about this? And this is the quote, right? He says, Many a chap has been chastised about his incompetent use of conventional toilets, poor aim, not putting the seat down and so on. Well, here's the answer. A receptacle at the correct height for ease of use, which is neat, tidy, clean and flushable. Uh, The urinal in my flat has changed my life. And you know what? I agree with him. This is a game changer. We should roll this out across the United Kingdom because I don't want to go back down the old route, but I'm always getting told off by Katie for uh, leaving the loo seat up and all that other stuff and, you know, not putting the loo roll back on properly and all those kind of things. I just think if they rolled out a simple uh, urinal in everyone's house thing for fellas, it would be a real game changer. Don't you reckon we should do this? 100% 100% agree. Um, I have long had a desire. In, in fairness, I've got to be fair to Mr. Childs, I've never kind of thought about a urinal in my bathroom, but I think there are many aspects of your, your public toilets that I'd love to have at home. And one of the things that I would like, and it would it would save on washing and all that kind of stuff, I'd love one of those Dyson Airblades in the bathroom yes. at home. That would be good, Dyson Airblade. Or go old school service station and have one of the old, you know those things that have just got a big underpant? that you pull down. <laughs> do they still do those things? They might as well go to the toilet, like, back in, like, the 80s or whatever. But I reckon COVID is done for the rolling underpants. Isn't that a shame? But, look, I think that the point here is taking your bathroom, your toilet, in your house and taking it to the next level. Uh, Magnus says on Twitter, I'm trying to convince my wife at the moment to get an electric hand dryer for the downstairs toilet. I'm not right. sure that if this article by Adrian Charles will help or hinder me. So, look, two things to consider in this hour of the show. Would you have a urinal in your own house? Would that be a thing that you go for? Could it be a game changer? Secondly, have you thought about taking your home bathroom to the next level? If you have, we want to hear from you. Now, we've got to be even-handed on this. You and I are both very, very excited at the thought. Jess has tweeted and said there was one in the house when we moved in. Thing is, I don't use it and I'm not sure why. Is, is this looking a gift horse in the mouth? I think it is. I'd to, say so. He needs to go and use this thing. Uh, Tom, I've got two Toms here. One says, one of my friends in Germany has a urinal in his downstairs loo, gives a proper pub feel to drinking sessions around at his house. Fair point. <laughs> and then the other Tom has tweeted us to say, I think I'm into the idea. Easy to clean, saves water, no seat up or down arguments. It's the future. Now, if you had one installed, would you go the full hog and get one of those little fluorescent yellow... Foam things in your own home. Oh, I would do. And a little plastic gauze to go over it as well. Again, it's probably <laughs> girls listening to this and they don't know what we're talking about. What is this mysterious no, thing? No. Speaking of mysteries from earlier on in the first hour of the show, uh, we need to speak to our colleague and friend Brian now because uh, he's had a long running campaign to get a particular thing added to his house bathroom. But he's been trying to campaign uh, against his wife, Alison, to get it through Congress. And as yet, I don't think it's managed to happen. Brian, tell everyone what thing that you want in your bathroom at home well andy it's a b-day um i went around the uh family-in-laws the mother-in-law's place and i used her new fancy b-day and it it was like an evangelical experience it changed my life <laughs> it's weird though because people don't you don't see b-days uh, unless you go on like a package holiday in spain or greece so they don't have them over here 
They're a very 70s style thing. And I'll also tell you why I think three reasons why everyone should have a B-Day, right? Number one, it saves the environment because you don't use toilet paper. True. Number two, cleanliness. You think about it. If you have a bath or a shower, right, you don't just get toilet roll and rub it all over your body, do you? And just move the sweat and <laughs> dirt around. You don't. True. And, num- and number three, feels quite nice. <laughs> <laughs> I've never used one. Even when we've been on well, holiday, I've never, I don't, I've never used it. When I was a kid, my auntie, when I was growing up, had a B-Day, and I did not know what it was. And I can remember the telling off of all telling offs from my mum when I got caught peeing in my auntie's B-Day. Oh, my word. That could be the title of your autobiography. <laughs> There's many titles that are possible, but that is one. Because I've only ever used them to wipe, uh, like, like get sand off your feet when you've been down the beach uh, in a, in a like foreign holiday. I've never used one ever for what it's supposed to be used for. But I don't think Brian, you're right. You, so you think these should be offered as standard as part of the British setup in the bathroom from going when here you, on in? When you buy a three-piece bathroom suite, it should be now a four-piece bathroom suite. It should be bath, <laughs> sink, toilet. Bidet, or B-Day, I don't know how to pronounce it. <laughs> Tiny bit more urinal chat before we move on to a different subject. Uh, obviously, Adrian Charles has admitted he has a urinal in his flat, and he says it's a game-changer. So could this be a thing? Also, is there any way to enhance our bathrooms at the moment? We've been we've stayed with the same kind of stuff for ages. Maybe it's time to take it to the next level. We've got Nikita on the line. What would you like to see in your bathroom going forwards? I want a walk-through Dyson air dryer so that... I don't have to have any effort. I love that. So you get out of the shower and then it's just all around you is high-velocity air drying you instantly. Now, Nikita, there is something similar to that in... in, in, I've seen it in, like, public swimming baths. You're talking that kind of thing. What public swimming baths do you go to? Yeah, where do you go? Sounds very posh. You don't don't have to bring your own towel. You just get dried off by them. (laughs) No, fully clothed. Well, not fully clothed. I've still got my trunks on. I've not, no. You don't have them in Glasgow, I don't think. <laughs> Hasn't got to Glasgow yet. Hey, uh, Nikita, would, would would the air thing move along, back and forward along you, like, uh, you know, the last bit of getting your car washed in one of those mechanical car washes? <laughs> um, I don't know, maybe it should, um, what, um, vertically up and down, maybe? Yeah, yeah, that'll work, that that'll work. Idea, yeah, yeah, have a power shower, why wouldn't you have a power dryer? Well, the ones in the public swimming bars, you do just stand up and walk through. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm going to keep going on this, and people will back me up. <laughs> fantastic. Oh, that's fantastic. I didn't know they existed already. There goes my million-dollar idea. Julie Evans has emailed the show to say, guys, we had a urinal fitted in the downstairs toilet at our house three years ago, but it's surprising how many of our male friends don't use it or didn't even notice it was there until we told them. Bush, it gets even worse. Uh, text here, I was an estate agent in a previous job. I had to sell a house that had a urinal. Every viewer thought it was very odd and wouldn't buy the house because of the urinal. What a last-minute change of direction this has taken. Maybe ain't a great idea. This is Bush and Rich's Daily Takeaway. Home time on a Thursday night, and it is time for the Film Club. We do it every week, and it's a public service in many ways. Basically, if you have one of those situations where uh, you need some guidance and direction on what kind of movie you want to watch for a specific or certain situation, drop us an email, hometime at absolutelyradio.co.uk, and we'll use the hive mind, the brilliant, learned knowledge of our hometime listeners to come up with some... recommendations for you 
Uh, now, normally you guys obviously are the ones that uh, that we like to help out, but um, I, I guess I'm kind of hijacking the film club this week because I'd like a suggestion oh. uh, for this evening. Uh, I would really, really love a movie to watch that is all about just one house, one home, primarily because that's just all. It's all all my life is at the moment. It's just it's just being at home, being at home poorly, I've not been out, been told to rest, just rest up. They say so. I'm barely leaving the house, not seeing anything else like Bush and I will chat every day and it's like oh what have you been up to well nothing I'm you're, at home you're your where's answer to Boo Radley <laughs> so movies about just one house they're set in a house a home it's all about a house a home uh, right I'm going to put this is one of my favourite films of all time in many ways I've been waiting for this particular topic to come round on the yeah. uh, uh, on the film club and, and I feel bad that it's taken you to have a bout of sickness for me to be able to give this movie the, the, the pedestal that it deserves Melanie Griffith Matthew Modine Michael Keaton in Pacific Heights I've not seen this. Uh, Tell me what's about. Niche film. Basically, the, the blurb in the advert on the on the actual poster is: a couple work hard to renovate their dream house and become landlords to pay for it. Unfortunately, one of their tenants has plans of his own, and it's Michael Keaton. He's a nightmare tenant. Does loads of really weird stuff on it. And weirdly, amongst my group of friends, if we ever talk about someone coming to the door and they're a bit weird, and someone if you're in a block of flats, we always say Pacific Heights with Michael Keaton. So that's my uh, movie set around a house recommendation. Now, you know that my go-to is IMDb. They're giving that 6.4 out of 10. Is that harsh? I think that's harsh. I think uh, Keaton and the gang deserve more than that, to be honest with you. OK. Uh, what about National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation? I know it's very festive, and here we are, 21st of April. Uh, it doesn't exactly fit the right vibe, but if you're looking for a movie that is all around one house, <laughs> and he, <laughs> he, it's, it's a classic. Is, it, is that where they're in, like, a, like a wooden, like, snowy cabin? Is that where that is? Yeah, we, I think it's their own home, and he's trying to put up their oh, giant yes. Christmas tree and struggling with the lights and all that kind of stuff. You've got family coming round, and you've got the cesspit blowing up outside. Don't want to give too much away. Hey, the more I talk about it, though, it's not an April film, so I can't have that. But the weird thing is, what we need to impress upon people when they're suggesting films tonight is that you're going to watch this this evening, whatever people go for, right? Yes, because I'm at home alone tonight, not going anywhere. That would be the cracker, please. Do you know what? I'd love, I'd love for you to watch The Shining. What about that? You rattling around on Rocco's trike, home alone? <laughs> it would break right now. <laughs> uh, Neil has suggested this is a belter. Uh, it's not going to win because I've seen it. Knives Out. Have you seen Knives Out? One of the greatest films I've seen in a long time. I didn't expect it to be any good because I hate... I don't like movies where there's like an ensemble of famous people in it because they always like overact a little bit. But this was yep. brilliant. Great cast. Um, I'm going to be honest, my expectations of it were very, very low because my wife had chosen for us to watch it that night. Oh, dear. Uh, so <laughs> I was just going along with it. But it was brilliant. So good. That is a winner. Well, I'm going to throw three more scary films in here for you to watch, OK? Right, these are out of the, the Andy Bush locker here. First of okay. all, Amateurville Horror. Ian has suggested that as well. Fantastic right. ghost movie about a haunted house from back in the day. Uh, Poltergeist, which I can't believe no one suggested yet. That's yeah. a great film, particularly the bit where they turn around and turn back and look in the kitchen again and the little cheeky poltergeist has stacked all the uh, chairs and cupboards on top of each other, playing games. <laughs> and then finally, I don't know if you've seen Don't Breathe, the one where they break into this house with, there's like a baddie in there that can't see but can hear really well and traps them in the house. It's really one of the scariest films I've ever seen, that. 
That has got me. You've grabbed me at Don't Breathe. That's up there as a possibility at the moment. Uh, some great stuff coming in. We've got Chris on the line who's got a, a cracker of a suggestion. Chris, what film do you recommend Richie watch? Um, I thought I'd recommend Parasite. I mean, it's mostly in the same house. I think they change households a couple of times, but, yeah, it's, it's a top film, top film. Now, Chris, lots of people have recommended me this, including Bush himself. I feel like it's coming close to the time that I need to get round and watching this, but this is all subtitled, right? Yeah, mostly, yeah. Do you know what? I love, I love, I love subtitled films. We've even this is honestly true in our house now. We just have subtitles on all the time on everything because of kids <laughs> screaming, running around, or whatever, or people talking through stuff. So I, I'm all for a subtitle film. The mood, the, the only reason why I would warn maybe against Richie watching Parasite on his own this evening uh, is that it's it goes along all jolly and fine. And then the last 15 minutes of this film are one of the most gruesome finales of a movie I've ever seen. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, it does get a bit dark. It does get a bit dark. But I have to admit, watching it in the in the in the normal um, language, it, it, you can't you can't beat it compared to the English dub. The English dub just doesn't really doesn't really do it justice. That's why you got to be careful on Netflix because there's a lot of Netflix programs like Dark. I don't know if you watched that that German program. It, by default, it's got terrible like dubbing on it. You need to get rid of that stuff and embrace yeah, the subtitles. All right, it, I'm making notes. It. I'm making notes. I may go with that tonight. Thanks, Thank you. Film. Thanks, buddy. Good to speak to you. Yeah, you too. Uh, Nicola reckons that she's got the answer. What's it got to be, Nicola? Uh, the Money Pit with Tom Hanks. Now, Nicola, um, you're not going to believe this. Uh, it's a Tom Hanks <laughs> film that I haven't seen. Give me a pitch. What? Yeah, I know. So, <laughs> so it's from the 80s, and he, he and Shelley Long buy this house, and they think it's such a magnificent deal until they move in and things just start to fall apart, and it is proper belly laugh. It's, Sounds it's very really close to funny. home, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, it just starts falling apart, and being Tom Hanks, he's just absolutely hilarious in it. It's good. We, um, we mentioned I, this before on the show. We don't think Tom Hanks has been in a bad film. I, I can't think of a bad no, Tom Hanks film. No, 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 not at all, not at all. And I swear you would love this film. It is just proper belly laugh out loud, hilarious film. Uh, Bush, uh, Nicola's given it quite a pitch here. I would have to say um, there are many people tweeting and texting about the money pit. You've seen yeah. it. You know me. Bush, <laughs> would you be willing to give this the seal of approval and announce it the winner? I think there's that amount of people that are saying it's worth watching tonight. It's got to be done. We trust Nicola as well. I do. Please, I am concerned yeah. that it is just going to be a two-hour version of DIY SOS with Nick Knowles, <laughs> but that's fine. <laughs> No, no, no. Honestly, you will not regret it. It is hilarious. If you love Tom Hanks so much, won't you marry him, Nicola? Could uh, <laughs> I would. <laughs> she loves him. It's stacking up to be good. I'm, I'm reading more about it. Only 90 minutes long, yes. 6.4 out of 10. That's my only concern. Don't worry about your internet movie database. You know, deactivate the computer like the fella on Star Wars. Also, <laughs> isn't it great how older films were dead short and punchy? So happy days. The Daily Takeaway. Richie's Daily Takeaway. So there you go. There's another episode of the Daily Takeaway uh, for you. I'm still obsessed now. I'm still thinking of little items, niche items from pharmacies that could have, yeah. uh, that could be, you know, without us knowing about it, endangered um, slightly. And there's a shortage. Uh, athletes' food powder. Yes. <laughs> or what else have they got in there? Uh, mouthwash. Um, Those energy suites. Toothbrushes. Dextrose energy energy suites. 
Oh, I used to love them. Eating nine or ten of them as like a ten-year-old and your, your mum and dad have to get you off the ceiling <laughs> with a broom. <laughs>